What is it about mindless behavior that is the source of the, the shit that embarrasses us most? So you had never messed with drugs or alcohol or anything like that before this? No, I was 32 years old, first time. So and you say it was a direct result of being depressed from being in these war zones. Um, can you give us a sense of what that's like? Yeah. I mean, I want to be clear about two things. One is uh, I've covered a reasonable amount of war, but nothing compared to a lot of journalists out there. So I don't want to hold myself up as some sort of, you know, uh, preeminent combat journalist of our time. That's not the case. Oh, don't I, worry. I don't think you are a preeminent okay, good, combat good, journalist good. of our time. You, you, see, <laughs> you see me for the mediocre schmuck that I am. Uh, that's perfect. So we're, we're, uh, we're simpatico on that. So now that we've settled that, the other thing I want to say is, you know, I, I definitely wasn't in war zones as much as actual of course. soldiers. So I just... Just, I feel compelled to, to uh, of clear course, my but I think, that way. but I also uh, one of the reasons I ask is because I, th from my reading about PTSD and people who are exposed to horrors, you don't have to be a soldier, you don't have to be a preeminent combat journalist. It doesn't take much for somebody to really have that kind of shock to their system that can be long lasting. Yeah, and what's interesting for me, you're actually you're absolutely right about that. But what's interesting for me is that it wasn't. PTSD, I don't think, and my shrink doesn't think. It was actually that I liked it too much. Mm. And there's a great book by a, a New York Times combat reporter whose name I'm now forgetting, but a guy who actually has covered much more combat than I've covered. And the book is called War is a Force that Gives Us Meaning, I believe. And he, in that book, says, and I believe this to be true, war is a drug. There is also uh, an expression that has sometimes been attributed to Winston Churchill, which is there's nothing more thrilling than the bullet that misses you. And the fact of the matter is being in Afghanistan right after 9-11, being in Israel and the Gaza Strip and West Bank in the Second Intifada and being in Iraq six times, it was thrilling. I liked it. And I felt it was important. I really believed in what I was doing. And when I got home, nothing could match it. The world seemed gray. And I didn't have the level of mindfulness or self-awareness to know that that psychological process was at work. And so my immature, mindless response was one night when a friend of mine offered me cocaine, I felt like shit. I, I had been sort of feeling feverish for a couple months and I didn't know why. I said yes. And I like that too. And it was sort of a synthetic squirt of adrenaline that I was missing from being overseas. So you... Have this panic attack. You start seeing a psychiatrist, and he puts you on. Uh, well, Butrin is that what it was? No, no, clonopin. Clonopin, excuse yes. me, and that helped. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I assume talk therapy helped. Yes. But you still found yourself adrift, somewhat. It seems like. And at ABC News, the late Peter Jennings had assigned you the religion beat, which you had not expressed a lot of interest in. Can you talk a little bit about your religious? upbringing yeah so or lack of yeah i was raised <laughs> in the people's republic of massachusetts mm -hmm. and um i say this all the time but I, I i did have a bar mitzvah but only for the money and um <laughs> uh it was like six grand which was not nothing back in the 80s um and my only real memory of the bar, bar mitzvah is um that was it did you have a theme no but i remember the dj playing come on feel the noise which i i, I even <laughs> i thought was inappropriate um so I had bar mitzvah, but it was definitely like a secular thing. I didn't have any real, I kind of uh, said this in the book, I, I feel if, it was almost as if I had had some sort of dorm room discussions about agnosticism being the only reasonable stance and left it at that. And I never really thought about it 
since. And when Peter told me, look, you're going to go cover religion, I didn't want to do it because I just was completely incurious. And it, as it turns out, it, it was a great thing for me. I, you know, I spent many years in mosques and megachurches and Mormon temples, and I made a lot of good friends. And I saw the value of having a worldview that transcends your own narrow interests. But none of what I encountered, at least initially, uh, spoke to me in any way until many, many years after the panic attack and many, many years after I started covering religion when a producer of mine recommended that I read a self-help book by a guy named Eckhart Tolle. And that was the next big turning point that kind of sent me on the road to what we'll eventually start talking about. Why do you think Peter Jennings tapped you for the religion beat? I don't know. We At that time, we Peter was instrumental in orchestrating the hiring of the first full-time religion correspondent at any major news network. He really believed that this was an important...